you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everyone. I'm John Tesh. And I'm Mary Hart. We're We're back. back. Tonight, Mary and John together on ET after 24 years. It's an honor to be with you again, it really is. Their emotional reunion comes with big reveals. I had not known that you had gone through this very, very serious battle with cancer. The diagnosis was dire. Then, let's do it. ET's at the voice with new guy Nick Jonas. He's cute, isn't he? Plus, billion dollar businesswoman Jessica Simpson, ready for a big new career change? Right now, a lot of things are happening. And look who's popping up with major bachelor news. Hey, Chris Harrison. Yeah. ET starts right now. You don't have to adjust your televisions. This is not 1986. Although, what do you think? We look exactly the same, right? Uh, Yeah, we wish. Anyway. (laughs) Can you believe that our final show together was in 1996, Mary, and that was 24 years ago? I really can't, but what is even more strange, John, is that this feels very oddly natural. I'm Mary Hart. And my name is John Tesh. People call me John Tesh. Oh, good. We did 2,314 shows together, over 10,000 stories. And through it all, John and I sure had a lot of fun. Whoa. Tom Cruise's limo, ladies and gentlemen. Tom <laughs> Cruise's limo. That's Mary Hart, and of course, I'm John Tesh. And Mary, you have a little something right here in your Oh, thank you very much. Shoes off in the limo. Wear those for six hours, John. <laughs> so buckle up. Because just for today, we're taking over. I'm not sure I remember how to do this part, so you're the pro. Take it away. I guess that means here is tonight's top story. Give it up for Nick Jonas! What a man gotta do! Is Nick Jonas TV's new secret weapon? Nine million tuned in to watch his debut on The Voice. Let's do it! That's up from last season's premiere. The rookie coach parachuted on set. It's a bit dramatic. Stripped down James Bond style. Is this about to be a Magic Mike moment? And went head-to-head with Blake. He even hopped on stage for some real-time coaching to seal the deal. Think about your posture. You're standing a bit taller. Mm-hmm. In the Get it? How has the dynamic been with Blake Shelton? Because back at the CMAs, he... He was pissed at you because you essentially replaced his girlfriend. That's unacceptable. We got to settle this. We're going to settle this on the stage, coach to coach. He's going down. I don't know. I'd I'd choose not to uh, take anything he says seriously. (laughs) That's Um, a good route. But I think he was fine. I think he, he, uh, you know, as long as he's got his cup full, he's. Of his Smithworks vodka. (laughs) See, he knows it very well already. I love that. (laughs) So how are Gwen and Blake doing now that they're no longer co-workers? The relationship is going strong. Blake joined Gwen on stage of her Vegas residency to perform their duet, Nobody But You. She gave him this giant hug as a thank you and then returned the favor, showing up at his concert. The couple tossed back a few shots backstage and Gwen showed off her customized Blake Vans. Now to Jessica Simpson, opening up about the competition she and her former pop rivals faced. 
20 years ago, right, the year 2000, you, Brittany, Christina, you guys were at the top of the TRL charts. Are you kind of surprised where each of your careers have taken you? No, I think everybody's careers have their own unique stories, you know, and I, I love it that Brittany owns herself, Christina owns herself, and they don't let the world control them. We grew up in a very competitive um, environment when it came to like our record labels and being pushed to do things that were unnecessary for success. I just love it that everybody has remained authentically to who they are. Could you ever do a Vegas residency? Is that on the bucket list? That is not on the bucket list. <laughs> I feel like I have to write a lot more songs to have a Vegas re residency. <laughs> I would do Broadway before I would do Vegas. You would do Broadway though? <laughs> yeah. Do you have Broadway dreams? Of course. I'm like a power ballad singer. <laughs> A Broadway show about your life, or is there a role I mean, in you mind? You just never know. Right now, a lot of things are happening. Happening. Open book has opened a lot of doors. Yeah. <laughs> Jess can now add New York Times best-selling author to her list of accomplishments, along with running a billion-dollar clothing empire. And she's not done yet. I look forward to hopefully having stores. I want to do a lot in like health and wellness for sure. Um, the Goop route, or. Um, the goop, I mean, I love Goop. I absolutely, completely respect Goop, but I always want to keep it at a good price point for Middle America. We caught up with the mom of three at the Create and Cultivate event, where she was a keynote speaker. Seven-year-old daughter Maxwell wants to follow in her mom's designer footsteps. She's already drawing clothing sketches for her stuffed animals. So, what does Jess say are the keys to becoming a billion-dollar boss? Don't let it be about money. Money will come, you know. Like, nurture your idea. I feel like if you always have that readiness, your brand will always grow. There's so much room at the top. I mean, think about how many people are in heaven. Come on. <laughs> so let's move on and talk TV. The ABC comedy Mixed Dish is on tonight. Kevin Frazier and Nichelle Turner are on the set right now. Don't worry, guys. We're holding down the fort for you. Um, actually, you keep holding it down because yeah. Those are originally your seats, I not no ours. We're just with renting Mary them from you. Being on that stage. As a matter of fact, if Mary wants to stay, Michelle, <laughs> no, no. I see how you do. We are joined by Mark Paul Gosler and Tika Sumter, yes. a two-time Entertainment Tonight co guest cohort. Yeah. I just want to throw out Mark, there. stake Funny, your claim. I never today. got my invite for that. <laughs> Thank you guys for having us here Thanks on the set of Mixed Dish. And yeah. um, tell us about what you're shooting. I eat the clothes. I'm still stuck in the 70s, so my, you know, the show takes place in 1986 now, but it's uh, the story of Rainbow Johnson uh, from Blackish, her um, journey, uh, journey mm -hmm. in the 80s. We're so. shooting the finale today, and it's kind of where we figure out if we want to stay or we want to go. Oh boy. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was just with Ms. Tracy Ellis Ross, who is the co-creator of the show, and all of her other co-stars as they just celebrated a huge win. I know. I know. I can't. I can't. It was crazy. Blackish swept the NAACP Image Awards. 15-year-old Marseille Martin even beat out Sterling K. Brown's youngest This Is Us co-stars. And uh, speaking of age... We finally saw old Kevin. Old Kevin looked like George Clooney. What is happening? When old Randall first came on the scene, my wife was like, did you stroke out? Like, what happened? No, I was like, are you the Black Wilford Grimley? 
At first, Justin Hartley wasn't quite sold on becoming old. Justin had like a couple of different iterations where he was like, no, nope, no, nope, and that's how it works. Oh, you you got to be the guinea pig. They did old Randall dirt. Hey, that's something you could talk about in therapy, right? In tonight's episode, Randall's anxiety issues are set to boil over. I just shot something. The second to last episode was one of the hardest things I think I've done. Randall's really trying to figure out his own mental health. He's really coming to terms with that in that episode. So we know that your character's TV relationship is solid. True, but yeah. as of last night, we can't say the same thing about The Bachelor. Yeah, the fantasy suites didn't go as planned for a pilot. No, indeed. Let's send it over to our Bachelor expert, Lauren Zima, to break it all down. Hey, Lauren, what's up? Yes, and what everybody's actually talking about is the woman Peter didn't sleep with. It's time for Roses and Rosé. So frontrunner Madison tells pilot Pete that if he hooks up with anybody else on the show, she may have to leave. Uh, spoiler alert, he did. Yeah, in what world is it okay for your fiance to sleep with other people? Oh wait, The Bachelor. No, I'm not okay with the guy that to be kissing other women. Madison, these people have been making out with each other for 24 seasons. You didn't know who The Bachelor was, right? The windmill guy. Four times. <laughs> so many questions, there's really only one man who could answer them all. Chris Harrison's standing right behind me, isn't he? He is, and he's only gonna stay if you have a glass of rosé for me. <gasps> An ultimatum. Cheers to ultimatums. Yes. Now, I have to get your opinion on a quote that Peter gave us just last week. Listen to this. I don't feel like it was an ultimatum. I don't. I can't fault her for just sharing her heart. Was it an ultimatum, Chris Harrison? Yes, it's an ultimatum. It was the timing of this ultimatum that really is what affected this season. A lot of response to the three women all right. staying together in fantasy suites. We do things often that will force a resolution, and that's what this was all about. It's so awkward. And yes, it was awkward, it was weird, but this situation dictated that happened. Will we get a bachelorette out of Peter's group? Who's in the running right Very now? Very possibly. Um, well, I can't really go into who's in the running because the ending is so unresolved. The debate rages on. I can promise you this, it has not been decided. We do not know who the bachelorette is yet, um, but we most of the time don't know at this point. Cheers to you, Chris Harrison. We cannot wait to see what Peter does with all of his mixed emotions. And coming up, we have more with the Mixed-ish cast. I'm still stuck in the 70s. On set with Mark Paul Gosler, how he's changing his look for the Saved by the Bell reboot. I can't wait. Then, <laughs> Mariah Carey's daughter following in her showbiz footsteps. Mommy. And this is going to be a trip down memory lane, John Tesh. Oh my gosh. Our look back at John's E.T. audition tape. I thought I had totally blown it. I wanted to kind of do you this. You did do that. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, by the way, that was a genius TikTok by Mariah and her amazing, daughter. Amazing, amazing. Well, Mariah does sing yes. your theme song. Thank you. She it. does. So you know what we want to know when we're gonna get her on the show. 
I hope we've been soon. Trying. We've been trying. Oh. But she's and been crazy busy. Been yeah. Yeah. She's I know busy. who I wanted to play. Who? Like your rival, like the new attorney at the, at the office, your rival, and there'll be some friction. Oh, I love and that. Maybe she likes Paul. I like mm -hmm. that. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> I love the throwbacks to the 80s, all the things that you all do. Have you discovered anything about your 80s fandom by doing this show? Um, that I actually really like the clothes. Do I didn't you? think I would like them, mm -hmm. not much, but um, they're very, now, actually. Does Mary Hart want her jacket back? Oh, oh come on! Oh, yes! 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 I remember the 80s tie clip just for Mary. Though. Tonight's episode of Mixed Dish has the Johnsons getting to know their new neighbors. There are six episodes left this season. After that, Mark Paul's getting ready for a reboot. Mark Paul, mm. Saved by the Bell. Yes. The reunion. What yeah. can you tell us? Uh, I am going back. That's you are definitely going back. I'm going to shave this and put a wig on, and uh, yeah, Zach's the governor of California. Do the kids, when they find out that you were that teen heartthrob, they, they could. I've seen a clip, but I haven't seen like the, the an episode. It's so weird seeing him on TV like that young. It's just like wow, like he started out young just like us. My mom showed me a picture of him with his blonde hair, and I'm like. That's not Mark Paul. <laughs> Let's send it back to the ET set as John and Mary's reunion takes a deeply emotional turn. It brought tears to my eyes. The cancer battle kept hidden from the world. I was in so much agony, so much pain. John Tesh on his darkest days. You said, please kill me, just kill me. I just, I just had enough. Terrible. We were the serious journalists of entertainment news. And there we are, dancing in the street. Yeah. Oh. You know, I've blocked this from my memory. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm John Tesh. And I'm Mary Hart, and I get to say welcome, John Tesh, to the show. John and I anchored at the ET desk together for 10 years. One favorite memory? His audition from back in 1986. TV viewers will have the chance to vote for their favorite song next week. How did that feel? That felt pretty good. I mean, with your with your coaching, it felt even better. Oh well. I was in a flop sweat. I was I was really nervous. I really wanted the job. You were very sweet, and it was very different for me. So I was yeah. I sweated through a couple of shirts. Shout out to John Tesh. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Tesh. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's no wonder so many stars still remember John. You know, we built such a beautiful bond, which is why we both got extremely emotional talking about his new book, Relentless. John, starting. It brought tears to my eyes. The first chapter of your book, I had not known until just before I read the book that you had gone through this very, very serious battle with cancer. Um, so, it truly was life-threatening, and if we can talk about that diagnosis, did you keep that quiet from everybody? I did, and I think, I think the, the reason for that was that I was just afraid of I was afraid of what would happen to my business, our family business, if, if people were all of a sudden writing me off because the diagnosis was dire. Uh, my, my doctor, uh, if he hadn't found this cancer, because it, it didn't make blood markers, but if he hadn't found this cancer the way he did with a digital ex exam, um, I wouldn't, I just, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And, and so, I, I think there's something wrong, John, turned into 
uh, a, a trip to UCLA and then, and then to Johns Hopkins. Um, but before that, the tests indicated that I probably had, it was a very rare form of prostate cancer. And I know people who are watching this have had, thousands of them have had a diagnosis like this. But it's, um, yeah, I got by 18 months to, to, you know, to two years to live. They said they could probably guarantee me that. It was like pulling the tablecloth out from your, you know, from your setting. And so um, immediately, you know, I was, I was paralyzed. My family was paralyzed, except Connie just immediately, you know, she sprang into action. John's wife of nearly 28 years, actress Connie Selica, along with their children, 38-year-old son Gib and 25-year-old daughter Prima, provided love and support through the difficult chemo and surgery. But John's pain and suffering almost became too much to bear. I know there was a point after the, I think it was the first surgery, yeah. where you were in such agony. You just, you and Connie were holding hands at your hospital bed and you said, please kill me, just kill me. I had, I had complications and they, um, The, uh, the nurse came at me with, a, with, a, with an NG tube, a nasogastric tube. And, and they stick this tube in your nose because they have to pump out your stomach. And there was blood pouring from my nose and, and I was in so much agony, so much pain. And, and, and I, we, we, looked at, we looked at her, looked at each other and, and that, was, that was exactly what I said because it just, I, I, just, I just had enough. If they hadn't been fighting for me, I, I would have taken the kettlebells in my backyard and strapped into my ankles and jumped in the pool, I, I thought about it. And then you're, you're, you're crying and you're feeling sorry for yourself and then you go and you get chemo and next to you is a kid who has six more lines in their arms than you do who's eight years old, you know, and then you start feeling guilty. So suffering is real and, and I have such respect for it and for people who get on the other side of it. What did surprise me was that you really hit that low point and you rode away on your bike and you essentially yeah, left yeah, Connie. Yeah. Yeah. at home yeah. and it almost ended. I started drinking too much scotch whiskey. I was not, uh, not available for as much for Prima and, and Gib. I felt sorry for myself and I rode off on a bicycle. It only took about 20 miles and I was calling Connie and asking how she was. I mean, and you know, she, she ultimately forgave me. I used cancer as an excuse not to fight and that was wrong. Even after treatment, the cancer returned. It was then that John and Connie turned to their faith and divine healing scriptures. So instead of speaking to God about cancer, we started speaking to cancer about God. And we started, we started manifesting that I would be healed. I was healed not only of cancer, uh, and the testing later proved that, but also healed of our, terrible arthritis in my ankle from, from all of the times I'd broken my ankle. John says he's beaten cancer and hopes his journey can inspire others. We have purpose, we have grit, we have persistence. And then when you have that all, when you mix in faith-filled words, you can become relentless doing anything. We love John and we are so yes. happy that he is healthy today. Much more from Mary and John's conversation tomorrow. How John almost got fired from E.T. Can't wait for that. Guys, thank you for letting us hang out with you today. Yes. This was so much fun. Okay, so I need you all to do me a huge favor. You ready to help us out with tonight's E.T. birthdays? Yes. All right, Erica, take it away. Which Parks and Recreation star is a graduate of Harvard University? Is it Amy Poehler, Chris Pratt, or Miss Rashida Jones? <laughs> John and Mary will be right back with the answer. 
Tomorrow on ET, we're with David Beckham. How his estimated $450 million empire is only getting bigger. It's quite exciting, actually. Plus. Well, let's do this. Ava Mendez, ready to reunite with Will Smith. What would Hitch do? You'd be out of a job. Tomorrow on ET. In our ET birthdays, which Parks and Recreation star is a graduate of Harvard University? I know that one. That is Rashida Jones, who turns 44 today. Let's not wait another 24 years, John, to do this again. Hey, Kevin Frazier, I'm sorry, man, but you're out. Never. And go buy John's new book, Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. Good night, everybody. Take care, everyone. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.